Uh, super excited to have with us today Nicole Roberts, who is the Vice President of People, People, huh, I mangled it, the Vice President of People and Culture at MVAH Partners, uh, which is a, um, they're involved in, uh, in uh, uh, affordable housing real estate across several states. And we've had a few really interesting conversations. Uh, welcome, Nicole. Hi, thanks for inviting me to join you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, we were talking uh, recently around employer culture. I know that you've had a lot of success uh, in just bolstering and, and really amplifying the, the employer culture at MVAH. Um, what are some of the uh, some of the lessons you've, you that you've learned uh, at your own company and uh, observing other companies around employer culture? So the biggest thing for me with regards to employer culture is just creating that safety, that safe space for people. So it, it there needs to be uh, psychological and otherwise safety for people that if you make a mistake that you know who to reach out for uh, for help and that you are not, um, you know, looking to solve problems all on your own and in a vacuum and, and that there's any kind of ramifications for reaching out for help. Uh, one of my biggest things is that HR is not the principal's office and that I always <laughs> want to make sure that if somebody, you know, gets in a situation in over their head that they look to me and my team as being that place to reach out for help. Like, hey, I don't, I, I made this big mistake and I don't know what to do. And it's not, I hope they don't find out. It's, I hope that um, you know I'm able to get a hold of them and to reach out to them, and I really need their their help and their support. And that is uh, just my overall point of view that we should be there for support and for guidance. That it's you know not punitive, and you really have to have a, a culture that encourages that you know cross functional communication and support. And that if a mistake is made, that you are completely wrapped in support and that you all work together because that is the reputation of your brand, like it or not, mm -hmm. uh, not just a certain area of your business. And so overall, if your business is being represented in a certain way, you want to make sure that you work uh, together and collaboratively to turn it around. Yeah, every place that that a uh, that a company interacts with its customers is a uh, sort of a microcosm played out of that company's employer culture, and uh, it's going to leave you know sort of a neutral taste or a positive taste or negative taste in the uh, customers, you know, with the customer, and the, and you want it to be as positive as possible, right? And part of that is just like you said. Uh, employees feeling empowered by each other, um, not as if they're going to get in trouble with 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 leadership or something like that. When some everybody makes mistakes, right? And it's very important to know that when you make a mistake at work, that the that your employer trusts you and has a confidence in you to learn from your mistake and get better because nobody's perfect or as great as they can potentially be um, in their role when they start or ever, even after they retire. There's always room for 
for improvement. That's super interesting. And you know what? The other thing that you said there that was super interesting to me, and I think is a great segue, uh, is around, you know, I love that saying, the HR department is not the principal's office. And we all know what it felt like to get called to the, well, some of us anyway, what it meant <laughs> to be called to the principal's office. Um, I think I was called once. I'm mostly not a principal office kind of mm -hmm. kid in high school. But anyway, it's a sinking feeling. Um, and HR people go into HR because they're people people, not because they want to, you know, I don't, I don't know, punish people. So maybe we could just talk about the evolution of your role, uh, Vice President of People and Culture. How did that come to be? Um, and I know that you started there just at the outset of the, um, of the whole pandemic thing, which is a year ago now. Yeah, so I've been here. It was actually a year uh, last Tuesday. So now it's been a year and seven days. <laughs> and I mean, brought into the role in uh, recognition that with the growth that that has been planned and that we're thankfully on track for, that we needed to have a dedicated senior resource that was experienced in building and develop, developing teams in assessing current infrastructure and systems and making recommendations to make sure that we had systems and processes in place to support the growth and to really focus on people and on communication and on really clarifying expectations and making sure that targets were clear and there wasn't any kind of uh, situation where somebody didn't really know what it what it meant to be successful in their role that you know you would get to the end of a year and maybe having a conversation with your your manager or your supervisor and they say oh well you know that really wasn't what i uh expected out of you and and for the person to be like well i didn't i didn't know what the expectation was you know i mean that that is that would be failure on the part of leadership and certainly on the part of hr so it's it is definitely a, a focus to make sure that people have really clear expectations because nobody wakes up every day looking to not meet their expectations they want to perform they want to do a good job people are intrinsically motivated to want to do a good job and at the point in time that that breaks down and kind of like that spirit is broken on that person is when either they they don't honestly believe that they can succeed. And that's either because they don't uh, quite understand the expectations or how to get there to, to realize success. And so just making sure that those systems are in place, whether it's a system of people, whether it's a system that is um, technology, just making sure that people are set up for success. Mm -hmm. How much, how challenging is it? How, how tough do you think it is in general, right? On average to get somebody back once they've, once they've crossed that Rubicon uh, from feeling intrinsically motivated to want to do their best and then maybe getting a little bit cynical or, or jaded because of whatever's in place is not placing any blame on any. So sometimes it's just the technology that's, it's getting in the, or the lack thereof that's getting in the way. How yeah. tough is it to get somebody back from there? I mean, you have to start with what started it. I mean, because th those that disengagement doesn't happen overnight, right? That disengagement will happen from a failed expectation and another failed expectation and another failed expectation, and it becomes a pattern. It's similar to when you're building trust with somebody. I mean, you start with 
saying you're going to do something and doing it. That's the very first building block of trust and you just keep doing it. So when you get to a point where somebody is basically actively disengaged because they don't believe in either their ability to succeed, they don't see their part in the organization and how they can help the organization to reach their goals. I mean, you have to understand if your job is to do this one little thing and you can't see how that impacts basically the greater good of the organization, then the organization needs to make sure that that's more clear and that you can see that direct lineup. So for me, if I know that I need to fill to fill, um, you know, five open positions or whatever, I know that if I don't fill those open positions, we have locations that don't have a community manager or maybe a service technician that aren't able to support our residents that then aren't able to get us to our goal. If somebody else has another, you know, piece in the plan for the organization, they need to understand how that impacts so that 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 renewed sense of hope and determination it is there and that they can continue to want to come in and, and do their best every day. And the biggest thing that I can say is when you feel like you're in a situation where you're kind of losing that that hope and that you're not real sure, I mean, have a conversation with your manager, have a conversation with HR and just say, hey, I've, I've kind of like lost my North Star and I just I need to be more clear on how I can impact the organization. And maybe it's even how I can impact this small piece that is part of a much larger one but people need to understand their purpose mm. and they need to know that they're making a difference because if you don't make a difference who cares if you're there right that's 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 a that's a great point uh you mentioned having a conversation i think this 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 gets to um this gets to some of the nuts and bolts of employee engagement you know we talk about employee engagement as this as this big sort of holistic thing, and it is, right? Um, and, and it really does plug directly uh, sort of main lines into employer culture. Um, but what are the sort of the, um, the you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts of, of employee engagement? You know, is, is, it, is it one, you know, real heartfelt conversation or, or, or profound or very important conversation, or is it many, or is it, or is it both? Like, and how does technology help with that? So I think it's a combination, right? I mean, it, it helps. For me, I am a diehard advocate of weekly one-on-ones with the manager and anybody on their team. And the reason why I am a diehard advocate of that is one, it allows you to really work in, in small amounts of time on that relationship building over time. And when times get tough, you need to double down on your one-on-ones, not abandon them, because having that relationship is what's going to get you through uh, whatever you're going through as an organization. Um, being able to also track that is very important. So, I mean, if you're using, like I use OneNote actually mm -hmm. uh, to track mine over time and I just, you know, copy and paste one, one uh, page to the next and then I can look at what we covered previously and if I have to have any follow up from that. I actually demoed a software uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah. It was 15.5 and they have a really cool aspect of their one-on-ones where 
there is a kind of a pulse check, first of all, and you can actually see that uh, that uh, trend over time. So <laughs> if you had somebody who was always saying they're a four or a five, and now they're saying they're a one or a two, you know, you can look at that from a very high level and and say, hey, you know, did anything happen at any point in time with that person that would cause that kind of drop in engagement or cause that drop in this person's passion towards their job? And it could be something outside the office as well, which we all need to erase the mindset of check your problems at the door. Nobody does that. So that expectation is very silly. People bring in every aspect of what's going on with them and especially with people that are you know living at work if they're still in that working from home living at work capacity we need to be really aware of the changes and the subtle nuances that happen with our people over time and having those one-on-ones is a great way to stay on top of that and to uh be able to see those those subtle changes that whole um that pulse uh, made me think of the stock market or an EKG or a, or a, you know, what do they call it? That the um, machine that that measures uh, earthquake activity. What's it called again? The Richter Richter scale. But there's a machine. Yeah, there's a machine that you know does it. That, that's that's really cool because you can look at that and, like you said, you can pinpoint those times and see whether it's something that you did. Or and if it's nothing apparent there, then then maybe you know sort of infer that maybe it's something in the uh, employee's life. But at the same time, it also kind of alerts you to the fact, hey, maybe I should just kind of lean in a little bit with this employee. Um, and I imagine that helps also with just the um, being geographically dispersed. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you, you're not in rural, not all rural, but you know you 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 have a broad. Uh, geographic geographic footprint. So I imagine that communication is even more important. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And and you also I know that that you you did a lot of real sort of heavy lifting. You put in the elbow grease um, at the beginning, the outset of your of joining MVAH around uh, implementing some solutions that have helped you with this too. Yeah, so when I first started, I mean, my, my very first thing was, what do we have now? And how much can we just maximize that functionality before we look at anything external? Because nobody wants 15 different sign-ons for things or a bunch of different systems. I mean, my uh, kind of school of thought and point of view is the systems need to be in place to help people be better at their jobs and to do things in a more efficient and effective uh, manner. And so if you have a bunch of systems that are kind of checking boxes of what HR wants, that's not helpful. I mean, nobody cares if HR loves your software. People care if if on the employee self-service side, it's very user-friendly um, and it is they're the very first place that people go, right? If the very first place they go is email, your software is failing you because you need to be able to have some aspect of employee self-service, management self-service. You know, if you're getting a million emails a day or a million Teams messages a day, that means you haven't put systems and processes in place where people can first go and try to figure it out themselves before they go and sit and are you know waiting in an endless queue for you to get to their message so we have um 
Paycom for our HCM, and we utilize their Ask Here, which is a way for in the app or on the desktop that uh, people can put in. I mean, one, we use it for our, our COVID-19 uh, tracking as well. If somebody's impacted by COVID-19, they immediately get a whole list of resources and you know what to do next, because it is confusing. We are 12 months later, but if it's the first time you're experiencing it, it is confusing and it's a little scary and you're not sure what to do. So we try to answer those questions that you might have. Um, and then we also use the the uh, survey aspect. And so I have a onboarding survey that is within three days of start. So it asks for feedback from the talent acquisition aspect, from the um, communication up until the start, and then actually those first couple of days. And then what was your expectation of the role and of the company, and how does that compare to the reality? Then we have another survey at 30 days because we want to know, okay, not just in the very beginning when everything's all new and different and, and fun, 30 days in, how's it going? And there is a automatic review that pushes out for the employee to complete and for their manager. And then there is also a survey because we want to know, again, how's it going? Have you made meaningful connections <coughs> Excuse me, with your team? Do you have the tools that you need to do your job? And then after having that survey data and that 30 day new hire review, I schedule time okay. to do a one-on-one -on -one video interview mm -hmm. and I dive deeper into that. So I have that data from the survey, from the uh, review and then I can just say, you know, hey, I noticed that you had, you know, gave us this rating on, you know, maybe tools. Can you tell me more about that? What can I do? Mm. I mean, we had somebody that said they didn't have the tools to do their job because they didn't have their job description. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> something that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, right. They so it's, it's just, <clears throat> it's along the lines of what we were saying with you know, making mistakes. For me, I'm glad to hear that a mistake was made or that we might have fallen short of expectations because it gives us the opportunity to improve it. The worst thing that I could imagine is that somebody comes in, things are not what they expect, and they leave without giving us any feedback. I, Anytime somebody reaches out to me, my first thing that I say is thank you for giving us the opportunity to address this. I mean, that that's a lot of trust in us, right? I mean, that speaks volumes about our culture that one, people will even reach out because they, they even believe and have faith that something's gonna be done about it if they reach out. It goes right back to uh, what we were discussing at first here around not being afraid to reach out and ask questions, um, you know, even even with with HR, which is a it's a different type of relationship. You obviously HR is seen as sort of the 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 font of information about various things, and that's where I can find out what I need to know. But even so, you've mentioned something um, that 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 made me think of um, something. So. Yeah, nobody cares if HR loves your software. I, th I think that's what you said, right? And mm -hmm. and it, you know, it's it's a little bit cute, but at the same time, it's true. It's true, right? You know, <laughs> I I've yet to see you know um, 
someone take a business case to, you know, to decision making leadership to decide, elect whether to, okay, we're going to buy ABC software for HCM, and it would, you know, it it won on the fact that HR was like, yeah, this is great. You know, we we speak with users all the time where we're actually. <laughs> they wanted something else as a mm -hmm. maybe a department or HR department or whatever. And, and the other stakeholders involved in the decision-making of the deal said, no, we want this instead. And, and, you know, and there's a whole ball of wax of problems with that too, from an organizational standpoint, but, but speaking directly to this, yeah, you're going to get that HCM software that you want by showing how it's going to improve matters for the organization right mm -hmm. and then we get into this whole idea of okay there's the there are these concrete um financially quantifiable general ledger easily shown in the general ledgers types of uh, benefits that everyone understands and um and those are reasons and then there's some of these you know employee feelings employee experience uh aspects to it they're uh, kind of tough to quantify from a financial standpoint but it, we see them starting to have more of a of a um, of an impact on decision making around um, technology especially with point solutions like you said with 155 looking at you know employees uh, any individual individual employees sentiment or or you no know, they're, they're they're excuse me they're the extent of their degree of their engagement and this sort of stuff so that's all super interesting and I was going somewhere with this and I lost it uh, but there's Hold on, I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get it back. Okay. We talked about communication and how uh, how it becomes the technology for the communication becomes even more important with being geographically dispersed and all of this. This is not where I was going to go, but this is a good place to go anyway. Um, I know that was just going back to the beginning of the pandemic again, because there was, I know that you had a, a, a very, there was a really interesting uh, dynamic uh, when you first joined the organization where you took on a, 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 a different sort of adjacent role, but it was almost a different title at first. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I think it was around communication, employee communications or something like that. Yeah, so um, when I first started with the organization, I mean, my first day was uh, March 9th, and I think that we're all seeing in our, you know, memories from a year ago, March 11th was really kind of the kicking off point for most people of when they're um, what is this COVID-19 thing? What do I need to know about it? What do I need to tell my people? And I mean, just meeting twice a day on this. And so, yeah, my, my title was vice president of people and culture, but I really became the chief communications officer for the company. I mean, I handled all of the internal communication. I actually also handled the communication with our residents because we were saying, hey, this is something new and different that's happening. And also we wanted that language to be pretty similar. And so that's why we made the decision collectively that one, we, we definitely have to be intentional in our communication with our people. And I was brand new, nobody knew anything, you know, of me, I didn't have a proven track record of anything with the company. And, but there was gonna be, it was gonna be very, blatantly obvious that there was a miss if I wasn't the one that was spearheading the communication with our people. I mean, care of your people, right? Care of your culture, making sure that 
our people who, uh, you know, we're a essential industry. And so our operations never stopped. I mean, the corporate office here in Ohio, we were told to work from home by our governor. He said, if you have the capability to work from home, do it. But our locations, I mean, they never left. They're, the essential function of their job was to manage the location and support our residents. And so they were on site, but they needed to do it safely. They needed to have the um, tools to be able to continue to safely do their jobs. And we also had to set the expectations on the resident side as well. Like, hey, your community centers, we're gonna be closing those because you know we're being told that it's not safe to have them open. You're gonna see uh, maybe those routine work orders aren't gonna be prioritized because we're trying to limit the amount of time or the amount of touch points that people have you know, in your homes. And so rather than just not getting work orders done or rather than just going to a community center and it being closed, we wanted to have that proactive communication with our residents the same as we did with our people. How how much is uh can we really go back? I mean, this is super interesting to me because employee com internal communications, right? Mm -hmm. And HR, they've been, I mean, I'm sure they've fraternized in the past, right? But yeah. they've separate silos, right? I mean, why? It's so funny because you would think, obviously, uh, you're gonna want your your people who are the experts in people to do the communication, but you're right. I mean, for a while, what it was like marketing and PR that would do uh, employee communication, or maybe your you know CEO is doing your communication. Um, I think that for maybe in the last few years, we've also really paid attention and had a real appreciation for the way that people receive messaging and that it's not just what you say but how you say it and how you deliver it and the words that you use and making sure that you're even approaching people the right way uh and so i think that having that coming from you know hr people ops whatever your your uh you know naming is for that function in your organization just makes the most sense did you um and, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't but i'm just curious were, did you notice were there any uh, sort of uh, combinations or did it intersect at all the uh, employee comms right with say some of the workforce management like scheduling and and uh um you know time and attendance did you see any any uh, intersections at that level yeah, I mean, scheduling and, and time and attendance, all that stuff is is already under my purview. So those things were were already together. I also think that all of those are pieces of what makes up the employment life cycle, for last, lack of better words. And right. so paying attention to that and making sure that you've got same verbiage, same point of view, same uh, sameness there helps people uh, as well. Yeah, interesting. Well, let's shift gears for a second here because uh, I want to make sure we get to to this topic. And uh, I think we have about five minutes. Employee recognition. What what is your basic?
philosophy around employee recognition? What what, what do you think uh, makes for you know best practices in employee recognition? If you had the ideal scenario or or um, you know support or ecosystem or platform for employee recognition, what would it do? So um, I'm actually attending the um, HR tech conference this week, and my hope is to find um, ideas and, and vendors and solutions for that, because obviously we have our, our systems and our infrastructure in place that now our sole focus for 2021 is welcoming, developing, rewarding, and recognizing our people, which is a wonderful position to be in because not every organization has that luxury, so to speak, of being able to really focus on that. And so I'm very thankful for that. For me, understanding it's not one size fits all, not being emotionally attached to any certain process that's already in place or the way that you've always done it or I mean, something that might have worked at a previous company may not be right for your culture. So you need to be really open to trying a bunch of different things, right? So one thing I'm looking for from a tech perspective is how can we utilize the systems that we already have? What do we have? Like 15.5, for example, integrates with Teams. That's amazing. We're really pushing teams utilization and adoption. So that would be amazing to have another thing that integrates systems that we already use. Mm -hmm. um, the ability to track effectiveness over time. So if you have a, a campaign where you're doing spot recognition, do you have more utilization in certain pockets of people or even certain areas of the country? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you, implement a bunch of things at one time and you don't know ahead of time what you're hoping to get out of it and how you're going to measure effect like what does effective look like right are you looking to reduce turnover because all of the things that i just mentioned those are the things that are going to reduce your turnover and so if that is a focus for you which for us it is then putting those efforts into one i mean do you have exit interviews or an exit interview survey so you can find out first and foremost why people are leaving but if you're getting feedback that you need to improve your training and development you need to focus your efforts there if you're getting um feedback that your um people feel like they're on an island you need to double down on your communication and your recognition i mean if you have people who feel like they're just a number that's an opportunity to recognize people and make people feel rewarded and it's not one size fits all so you might do peer-to-peer -peer recognition you might do um cross-functional recognition where maybe somebody from a whole different department reaches out to somebody and says hey i was in a meeting today and i heard your name and i heard you're doing great things like that's so amazing thanks so much yeah <laughs> you know maybe you're doing handwritten thank you notes i mean <laughs> It's a, there's so many different things that yeah. mean so much to people because, you know, there are as much as there are introverts versus extroverts and there's, you know, love languages, there's languages of appreciation at work and what works for mm -hmm. some people may not work for others. So you need to make sure that you can uh, touch on what works for different people. 
you could have uh, this goes back to conversation uh, we had actually an HR tech chat with a CEO of one of the um, employee recognitions, well-known employee recognition company. Um, it, and yeah, there's this idea that you could have you could have a culture of recognition, which is great. Some employers don't have that, right? And that's a different problem. You could have a culture of recognition. You could have leaders um, who are predisposed naturally to want to show recognition and, you know, and, and gratitude to their employees, right? They still may be... Uh, May, might might not understand how any one given employee feels most um, uh, valued in terms of that communication. They might communicate it in a way that anyone. So so you need those those um, you know. There's AI and this kind of stuff that's starting mm -hmm. to use. Or it's a big umbrella term AI, but you know, natural language processing, for instance, it helps uh, organizations understand how any given uh, employee, you know, feels um, appreciated in this sort of stuff. Um, one of the, th go ahead, go ahead. So we actually sent a survey to, so we had a town hall meeting on the 4th and we said this is a big focus for us this year. So keep an eye out for some things that were we're looking to plan or to implement, but then we actually sent a survey um, last week and we said, we wanna make sure that what we do is impactful to you. So here are some ideas, rank these in order of least to most impactful that you feel would be of interest to you. And what, I mean, cause not everybody is motivated by a bonus, for example, not everybody is motivated by a day off. Not everybody is motivated by um some people don't want you to give them a shout out and to wreck it like some people are like don't do not call me out i don't want that i'm not comfortable with it like it's the opposite exactly. effect right yeah. and then at the very bottom of the survey we said okay we don't have all the answers what are we missing what would you like to see or what have you seen or you know what do you have experience with and so we're getting some really amazing feedback and actually the direction that we kind of thought we were going to go, we probably won't as a result of the feedback because it wasn't going to even be the impact that we wanted to have on our people. And how unfortunate would that have been to have run full steam ahead into a program that wasn't even going to make people feel rewarded and appreciated. And, and now we're getting into the importance of understanding your your audience or or your stakeholders, right? And this and this is an idea that transcends just uh, only recognition. You know, it can apply to customer success as well. You know, maybe you have a vendor that uh, had had what seemed like a great idea in terms of maybe changing its customer success structure, and it ends up being, you know kind of a hassle maybe for for the customers and that was unforeseen and no no vendor wants to go out there and specifically make it more difficult to work with them but that can happen if you don't understand your your um, your market first and your market being your employees right Absolutely. Yeah, it's really interesting well well thanks Nicole this has been just fantastic um, HR Tech Chat. We've covered so many topics. I, I want I want to thank you again for joining us. 